We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, Monday, May the 8th, 2023. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, your host of the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up show. As always, appreciate you all tuning in. I see John Edward, Brendan, GA, Xavier, Travi, Will Hall. What's going on? Adam Ritter. What's up, Panic Ritter? Appreciate you tuning in as well. we got a packed show, a lot to get into here on this Monday. I see Justin Langford as well. Also, those... In the Big Cock Club Discord, head over to the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel, to be sure your questions are answered there. Guys, we have got a jam-packed show for you today. A ton to get into. And, of course, always, we're taking your questions, your comments, your calls as well. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Also, a very big day on the TSUS side of things. More on that in just a second in regards to what we have going on behind the scenes and going on with content and everything in between. Of course, guys, as always, TDC is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go down to the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, you can play literally anything and everything college sports, pro sports, you name it. They've got it over at Prize Picks. So many fans and listeners of the Daily Crow and of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Of course, of course, in case you missed it, we've also got my good friend Mark Rogers the voice of college football. He will join the show today at 1.15. Really excited to talk with Mark uh, as we break down. Hey, some gambling lines have come out. The win totals from our friends over at DraftKings. Some early game of the year spreads, if you will, from our friends over at FanDuel. So we always have a ton to discuss when it comes to college football and Gamecocks football. Uh, also, of course, what happened over the weekend. South kind of losing all three to Kentucky. I know it's a bit of a therapy Monday, if you will. South Carolina, though, still finds themselves... In the top eight, in position to be a top eight national seed, obviously have to take care of business these last two weekends. But the Gamecocks are sixth in the latest D1Baseball.com top 25 in case 
you missed it. Guys, again, other than that, taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. Jonathan Lee says, hey, Chris, what's your take on the Diggs running back from Notre Dame that visited this past week? Do you feel like we got a chance to bring him here? Definitely a big help to the offensive. So, yeah, Jonathan Lee, that's a big one. That's a big one. I mean, for obvious reasons, out of position of need. Uh, I think our friend J.C. Sherbert will have more intel on that later in the week, but I would say that uh, it looks like right now, if you just go off of, like crystal balls and, you know, what people are saying, it sounds like LSU is probably the team that is best in line to land his services. But I think certainly the Gamecocks are going to have a compelling sales pitch when you just think about the fact that, you know, Shane Beamer mentioned that nobody's just handed a starting job when they come in, but I think they're certainly going to be telling Diggs, hey, you have a great opportunity to come in here and to compete for our starting running back position. I, I think that's most definitely what you're telling people. Hey, we're not just going to give it to you, but we are looking for that RB1, and we think potentially you could fit the mold if you come in, win the job, take care of your business, et cetera. Graham Holden says, told y'all Auburn was going to beat LSU. I should be a college baseball expert. Some of these quote-unquote experts are idiots. Well, Graham, the beauty is this. The internet exists, my friend. If you want to go start a college baseball podcast and talk college baseball, talk Gamecocks baseball, what have you, the internet exists. The internet <laughs> exists, my friend. You can do that. That's the beauty of uh, 2023. That's just the beauty of it. Re Rebecca, what's going on? It's been a long time since we've heard from Rebecca. Appreciate you, Rebecca. Glad to hear from you. Uh, great to have you tune in as always. Okay, I had do not disturb on the phone lines. I apologize. So, guys, the phone lines are now open. 843 790-3377. Also, guys, check out the podcast that dropped this morning. Episode 782 of the Spurs Up show dropped this morning on our podcast feed. Of course, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcast. We talked about everything from a very, very busy weekend. Of course, baseball, football, gambling, uh, the transfer portal, your listener questions, a packed podcast this morning. And guys, really excited. I know GA commented a little bit earlier Back to normalcy. It does feel good to be back to normalcy in, in regards to the content. TDC rocking as normal this week, noon to two, Monday through Friday. Uh, podcast drop this morning. will drop again on Thursday. Guys, think about this. What's crazy? We've got this month, obviously. Next month, which will be baseball heavy. There'll probably be some recruiting mixed in there. Probably some gambling. Some lines will continue to drop and maybe some football here and there. But, uh, but uh, you know, it'll be baseball heavy. July 4th happens. After July 4th, we'll go back to Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. Looking forward to that. And, of course, that's when we start in early July. That is when we start our preseason coverage. It's crazy. We start talking Gamecocks football all the way back in early July. And we go through July. We go through August. And, then of course, the season here. We spend two, two and a half months breaking down the 2023. We spend two and a half months breaking down just the football season as a whole uh, it's a lot of fun. But right now, of course, in the midst of baseball season, a lot of fun with that as well. But again, guys, whatever you guys want to discuss, 843-790-3377. You can call that number. You can text that number. Whatever you like. Like I mentioned, guys, a really, really big content day for TSUS because immediately following the Daily Crow today, we will hit the road. And I'm doing an in-person one-on-one interview today with former Gamecocks defensive line coach Brad Lawing. Brad Lowing will uh, will join the show. That interview will drop on the podcast on Thursday with video as well. We'll have clips, of course, as we always do, but really, really excited to talk with Coach Brad Lowing. I see my guy Brendan just commented in the Big Cock Club Discord, just randomly lost power 
fantastic start of my week, and I was sitting there thinking, did my audio, did my video, did it just go off? But I think we're good. But either way, going to hit the road, talk with a former Gamecocks defensive line coach, Brad Lowing. Really excited, man. Brad is a living legend. Really appreciate him allowing me in his home to sit down and, again, talk Gamecocks. It'll be about a 30-minute conversation or so. But, of course, in case you did not know this, Brad Lowing coached new Gamecocks defensive line coach, Travian Robertson. So, going to be really cool to get his perspective on that. Obviously, the 2022 season, we have not talked to Coach Lowing since around this time last year. I think it was the end of April or end of May or something like that. Around this time last year, I actually went to his home and, and we talked to Coach Lowing. And so, really, really looking forward to getting back in there. Going to be a lot of fun. Also, guys, we have radio at 440. I'll be jumping on with Mark Ryan to talk everything. I'm sure we'll touch on everything, football, baseball, basketball, everything in between. You know the drill. Just talking Gamecocks. Uh, and then, of course, like I said, on TDC today, Mark Rogers. Mark Rogers joins the show at 1.15. So that's coming up here soon. We will talk all things Gamecocks and SEC and college football for that matter. Also, guys, this morning, I don't know if you saw this, if you're on Twitter. I jumped into a Twitter Spaces. It was actually a Tennessee Volunteers Twitter Spaces. I want to start doing that more often, though. I really do. I, I think it'd be a lot of fun to kind of touch on some of the other fan bases. And if you're tuned to this show and you're, and you're familiar with me and kind of the I don't know if plans is the right word, but in regards to um, expansion of the business and growth and, and you know, those things, if you will, you know, becoming familiar with other fan bases and other fan bases becoming familiar with me and my work and my commentary, I think could be very beneficial for us all, right? I just love, who, who doesn't just love talking college football and just talking ball, if you will? So that was a lot of fun. Went in there, got in a, a Tennessee spaces. My guy, Jake Crane was in there as well. So we got to, you know, we got to chat for a little bit and conversate and banter, and it was a lot of fun. But I might start doing that more often. I think that's something that could be a lot of fun. And, you know, looking forward to uh, – we're, we're going to go through the month of June and do our, our opponent preview series. And we'll have a lot of different perspectives in that month, especially as we break down every single opponent on the Gamecocks 2023 football schedule. Uh, really, really good stuff. But anyways, guys, taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. Oh, by the way, one more thing. One more thing. I had teased this before, and um, for a little bit, not, not a ton. I had teased this before, though. But many of you are probably familiar with Behind the Beak, right? Many of you are probably familiar with Behind the Beak and what Behind the Beak was. Behind the Beak was our vlog series, right, in which I was just shooting video, whatever it might have been, me at games, random, whatever. And uh, that was dropping once a week on our YouTube, okay? And the reason I stopped doing that is I've talked about this before, guys, in, in business and content and merch and everything else, right? You know, we only have so much time. Like, I only have so much time. I'm one man, right? And so you have to really look at things. It's like you weigh what's an efficient use of my time and what is not. And when I was just looking at content and things that I felt like were worth the effort or maybe not so much worth the effort. The vlog was one of those things where it was like, I really enjoyed doing it, but I felt like, is the audience really getting the value out of this? Like, you know what I mean? Is this, is this, is this really driving the value that I'm looking for and I'm seeking? And I'm someone, guys, I fail quickly in content. I fail quickly. If something's not popping, if it's not working, if people don't find joy in it, they don't find enjoyment, you know, I'm not going to continue to beat a dead horse and just keep on doing it. So, you know, for that reason, for others as well, I, I decided, you know what, let's put the behind-the-beak stuff on pause. Well, I am very excited to say that behind-the-beak, starting tomorrow, 
We'll be back in a different format, though. So I got a good friend of mine. I want to shout him out, Taylor Desson, who we've had on the podcast before, actually. Uh, he's a Gamecock, but he is a legend in the content space when it comes to recruiting, like staffing. Staffing, not talking about football recruiting. I'm talking staffing. Like, you try to go find a job, you go to a staffing agency. He works, he, he is a recruiter for a staffing agency. I, I don't want to be too crude when I talk about his, his, uh, his role or whatever the official role is. Either way, though, Taylor is someone that he does a daily vlog. It's like a minute, minute and a half long. And I taught him about it. He has inspired me to do this in regards to putting together, releasing three to four per week mini vlogs just using my phone, right, versus using the GoPro and releasing one big, like, 10 to 15-minute long vlog. Because let's be honest, nobody's watching a 10-minute video anyways. Like, like unless it's a podcast, like, nobody's watching a 10-minute video. Like, like the, the days of that are over, right? So... I'm very excited to announce that starting tomorrow, I've already been shooting video this morning a little bit, minute to minute and a half mini vlog series. So it's going to be behind the beak, but it's going to be a little bit different. And I, and I think a much more consumable format where I'm going to bring you guys sort of behind the curtain and bring you on my journey, if you will. So I, I'm excited for it. I think it's just going to be another cool thing, another cool thing in regards to content. Again, getting to see sort of behind the scenes, what's going on. And, you know, one of my favorites to follow is Gary V. He talks about document, don't create. Document, don't create. Document, don't create when it comes to content. I think this will be a great opportunity to just kind of document the journey. Really, truly document the journey and everything going on. And, again, give you guys kind of a behind-the-scenes look. And it'll be a very easily consumable thing, right? Minute to minute and a half long where it'll be fit for social media. Going to be a lot of fun. So, anyways, we'll, we'll see how it goes, right? But this is something I'm going to be doing. going to be really easy for me to create. Going to be able to get it out quickly. And, uh I think it's going to be something you guys enjoy. I'm looking forward to getting your feedback. Either way, let's jump into your questions, comments, everything going down right now. Joseph says, Chris, how do you feel about the Arkansas weekend? I'm actually pretty optimistic, even though I have no reason to be. Maybe it's because we can get some of our guys back and we are due for a bounce back. Yeah, Joseph, I look at it this way. And with that being said, I'll get to your question. I'll answer that in just a second. Let's jump to the phone lines. From Will from Dirty Myrtle. Will, it's great to hear from you, my friend. How are you? Good. How about you, man? I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate you asking. What's up? You enjoy your cruise? I did. It was a, yeah, it was a good time, and I'm glad to be back. You know, we did a lot of traveling in, in April and even March, and I mean, really throughout the first couple of months of 2023. So, going to probably lay low key a little bit in uh, in Greenville or in South Carolina or whatever. So, I'm excited to be back though on the normal schedule and getting after. But the cruise was great. We went on it to. Uh, Celebrate my sister's birthday, and we had a lot of family and, and, and some friends there as well. And we had a really, really good time, man. So I appreciate you asking. Good. Love to hear it, man. Um, so we'll start with the negative. Uh, this this baseball weekend was another tough one to watch. I mean, it just didn't even seem like we were – every game seemed like by the second inning we were already out of it. Um, I just hope that we kind of get our mojo back, man. We were really just – we were just on a roll there, and I know injuries have a big part in it, but it just seems like we're, we're you know, Petrie's kind of slowed down, which you expected. I mean, he couldn't stay at that rate the whole year. Um, just hoping that, you know, we catch fire maybe the next week or two right in time for the postseason. But, you know, sometimes it is good in baseball to kind of get that lull out of the way before you hit the postseason so you don't kind of see it again like they did last year. But – um. Yeah, just what, what's your thoughts on, on uh, when, what have you heard about Will McGillis and Wimmer? Is that like a this weekend kind of thing, or is that 
is that going to be a little bit longer before they get back? Yeah, and so Kingston actually spoke on this yesterday after the game and said that uh, I, I think at minimum, Lee Croy and Wimmer expect to play. They expect to play. McGillis is probably okay. the least likely, but I think he's getting much, much closer. Um, here's the thing, Will, and I'll say this, and you know, to your point, I'm not hitting the panic button, right? I think that's 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 I think you're missing the mark if you're doing that, but certainly this past weekend was frustrating. The past two weekends have been frustrating because you just know yeah. we're so much better than that. We've seen it on the field this year. Uh, this team is ranked sixth in the country for a reason right now. Still ranked sixth in the, sixth in the country, and I think what that tells you is D1 baseball believes in this team as well and say, you know what? Hey, they're going through a slump. They're a really good ball club that's going through a slump. They're dealing with injuries, but we know how good they are, right, when they're playing their best. Um, so getting those guys back is going to be key, right? Getting Lee Croy, the Wimmers, uh, getting McGillis back at some point. I, I don't think you're going to see Noah Hall. I'll just leave it at that. But uh, getting those fielders back, certainly. But, um, you know, Mark Kingston's made the point that there's – and there's really no point throwing them out there 90%, 95%. Like, if they're not 110%, you're playing for the postseason anyways. You know what I mean? Like, the last right. thing – I mean, is it really worth it to sacrifice or, or to, to, to pick up one or two wins against Arkansas, but these guys tweak something or, or aggravate something and then they're out for the postseason, right? So – it's, it's a balancing act because, I mean, we obviously want to get them back as quickly as possible. And, I mean, the last thing you want is they haven't played over a month. And it's like, all right, well, we're in the postseason. Let's just throw them back in there. Um, but, yeah, so the, 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 the view right now was hopefully they'll be ready to go against Arkansas. But, you know, it's, it's just a team that's beat up. It's depleted. And I, and I tell you this, though, Will, I'd say this. I, I said it a couple of weeks ago, and I, and I said it sort of tongue-in-cheek because I'm not – I want the Gamecocks to win every game. But this might not be the worst thing that ever could have happened. Now, this is assuming, in, in regards to this slump, this is assuming this team hits their stride again and turns it around. But I'd much rather this type of slump happen right now than happen down the road in postseason play. No, nobody wants to be Tennessee last right. year, where you're just hot, 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 right. hot, hot, hot all year, and then you go ice cold when it matters most, and – you fall short of expectation. So, you know, I, I mentioned in the preseason, our, our friends over at 11.7, they have the hot, cold, hot theory. As long as this team can get hot again, I got no issues with what we're seeing right now. Right. I mean, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating for sure. The game of baseball is frustrating. It, it is. It's, it's a frustrating game. You just got to keep trucking, keep, keep grinding, keep moving, and you just got to keep your fingers crossed and hope that that hot streak on the other side of this it's just around the corner, and it will come as this season closes up. And, again, we go into the right. postseason. Yeah, Chris, my, my, my other concern is that um, the pitching really has, you know, been our, our strength um, for, for most of the year, regardless of who's kind of rotated. And it seems like, man, it, it has not looked good the last couple of weekends. And, and Will Sanders, you know, is he ever going to get back to where it kind of seemed like he was getting there? And now it seems like, you know, he couldn't really control much. Um, you know, it just hasn't been the bull. The bullpen hasn't been quite as good. Uh, just, just, I hope that it all kind of comes together. You want it. And, and the injuries, I do want to see them get 110%, but you also, it's kind of that, that fine window of time of getting them back in time to be able to get back in the groove before the postseason and not wait. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Don't get them back too early. Don't get back too late, kind of thing. Yeah. And just also, hopefully, that pitching, that pitching kind of gets back to where it was, because that was our strength. And it's like, man, it looks like every time I'm watching now, we're getting lit up in the first and second inning. 
You know what I mean? And, so, and, yeah, and and Will, um, to your to your to your point, Will. I mean, we can talk about you know we can talk about the injuries, we can talk about the fielding, we can talk about the sticks cooling off. But when you look at the last two weekends, Gamecocks one and five in SEC play. When you look at the last two weekends, these are the numbers that I think tell the story and that jump out. South Carolina starting pitchers over the last two weekends, 27 and a third innings pitched, 30 earned runs, 37 hits, and a 9.87 ERA. I understand that fielding hasn't been perfect, but when you're getting that type of starting pitching, you just don't have a chance in this league. You simply don't – you're putting so much pressure on your offense, which has been so good this year. And, I mean, they haven't been great the last two weekends, but they've been good enough to go better than one and five. And that's the point I've made in these game ones, you know, with Will Sanders, for example. Like, I'm not asking you to throw a shutout, but, I mean, you got to be a Friday guy, man. you got to be a game one guy. In a game one in the SEC, you're facing the other team's best. A lot of times, you're going to have to win a game two to one. Three to two. You're going to have to outduel a guy. You're not always going to get 13 runs, 12 runs, 10 runs like the Yardcocks have done so many times in game ones. And if this team's going to make a deep run in the postseason, if they're going to get to Omaha, the starting pitching's got to be better. I mean, that goes without saying, but great pitching beats great hitting, especially when you get to the postseason. And we talked about this in the preseason Mm -hmm. that South Carolina was going to reach their full potential. A guy like Will Sanders is going to have to have an all-SEC caliber year, in my opinion, an all-American caliber year, arguably. And he hasn't been anywhere near that. It's a damn near miracle how good they've been this year with how poor as he's been in that game one slot, if you want to be totally honest. I'm not trying to beat up on him, but it starts there. It sets the tone for the weekend. So all three of these starting pitchers, you know, back-to-back weekends. The numbers tell you, but they've been abysmal. And uh, it, it's got to get fixed and get fixed in a hurry because if you don't have that starting pitching in this league, I don't care how good your offense is, man, you simply just don't stand a chance. Yeah. And it just, it, you know, coming into two weeks ago, I mean, what, well, I came on ERA was like 2.50 or something. It was really – it was under three. I don't know what it is now. Um, but it just it was the strength that people were worried about – you couldn't get into our bullpen. It didn't matter where you got because, you know, we just got arms everywhere. And, and I know we still do. It hasn't changed. It's just, you know, we got to get that, that, that momentum back, that swag back. And, and hopefully, do we have a midweek this week? Or we, we do. We play North Florida tomorrow at 4 o'clock. So, I think it will be, a, yeah, okay. for sure, a great okay. opportunity yeah. for this team to bounce yeah. back, you know, get, get, some, get some confidence, if you will. Um, yeah. So, North Florida tomorrow. And then Arkansas Florida. this weekend. And then Arkansas for three this weekend, 7, 7.30, and 3 o'clock. Yeah, we got to – we we really need to get back and at least get two out of three. And I know Arkansas is a really good club, but we, we got to get back on the winning side of things because what, – what is there, two series after that? Is that it? So, th- there's only two left. Two more series after the Arkansas. You've got – Two left, two left period. So you've got at Arkansas and then Tennessee at home, and And we go into the SEC tournament. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we we. I mean, there's not a lot of time left to get get right. So we need to get right. And uh, quickly on to another thing before I get off here. Um, I heard uh, the guy guy comment earlier about Logan Diggs. That would be a huge pickup. Mm -hmm. Is is there one or two? I think there was another running back we were possibly looking at. Right? Is there somebody else? I'm not. Another, I'm not 100 percent sure, to be honest with you. Okay, I thought there was somebody else we we're looking at, but we really do need to pick up a running back. I just, 
I hope that we get that kid because, you know, he did have a good game against Clemson last year and, and a pretty good mm-hmm. game against us. I think he had that 80-yard catch mm-hmm. on us in the bowl game. Um, but that would be a big get. It would be a big hole to fill. But uh, I'll jump off here for us. I'll talk to you later. Will, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you so much. And yeah, great stuff. Will from Dirty Myrtle, as always. Uh, yeah, guys, I mean, again, you, you look at the past two weekends and, and you can nitpick the hitting. You can nitpick the the field. I mean, the fielding has not been great. I mean, any weekend any weekend where you give up an inside-the-park home run, I don't think anybody's going to say, well, you had a good weekend in the field. I, I, I don't think anybody's going to say that. You're just not. Um, but the pitching's been so bad. I, the, the, the pitching has been so bad. Been so abysmal. Will Hall says, I think three and three in SEC playing a couple wins in the SEC tourney will keep us in the top eight conversation. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, here's the thing. And I and I, and I know, <laughs> you know, I'm having a conversation this morning with a good buddy of mine. He's talking about, you know, Clemson's going to host and we're not going to host anymore. And I'm like, just take a deep breath, man. Listen, the same, and, and this is, I talked about this on the podcast today that, you know, it's it's not popular in the content world to sort of fall somewhere in the middle. Like, being extreme one way or the other is what drives up views and drives up clicks and whatever. And that's fine, but I try to stay even keel just the same way I felt like we, were, we weren't just going to go undefeated and win every game. We were beating everybody up. I, we're not going to lose every game we have left. We're going to be fine. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Robbie Davis, Zaxby's Hall of Famer. Robbie Davis, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing pretty good on this Monday. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, my friend. I appreciate you asking. What's going on? Okay. This weekend, obviously, did not go as expected, okay? I know I called for the sweep, okay? My youngest brother was giving me crap because I picked up the sweep because he was here this weekend, and... I told him the same thing I tell everybody. It's just a prediction. Just because I say we're going to sweep doesn't mean it's going to happen. Because, like I all like I've always preached, you still got to go play the games, and we just did not play well all weekend long. And I knew at some point we would hit a slump. I just didn't know when we would hit the hit, get in a slump, and we just gotta figure out what what got us to the point that we're at, and go back to doing that. Plus, if, I think if we get those three guys back, I think we'll be okay. We get Wimmer, Gillis, and who else is it? Wimmer McGillis and uh, Talmaj Lecroy. Yeah. Yeah. If we get those those three pieces, we really could have used them this weekend. Because it it took me a second to realize why um, Braswell was batting second. I was like, why is Braswell batting second? He normally doesn't bat second. And I was like, oh, wait, we must have some injuries. So that's probably why he's batting second. Mm-hmm. And then I saw them. I saw the list pop up of the injured players, and I was like, "Oh crap! No wonder we're playing like garbage." Mm-hmm. And Could I think it shows how important those three pieces are. 
I mean, for sure. I mean, any team in college baseball that were to lose their starting third baseman, their starting shortstop, and their starting second baseman, and their game two starting pitcher, you're going to feel some effects mm-hmm. of that. Like, it's it's going to happen. And I think, right. listen, I think Braylon Wimmer's the biggest loss of all. I don't think people are giving that enough credit. That I mean, he was a dude coming in this season. He's a glue guy. I mean, he's just a dude that, you know, holds your ball club right. together that – I mean, he's a huge piece. I mean, Talmadge Lee Croy is a nice piece. Will McGillis is a nice piece, but they've been winning without him. But no Braylon Wimmer? Yeah. I think people underestimate how big of an impact he has. Let me let me turn the combo to this, Robbie. And I speak to you okay. and everyone. And maybe this is me, maybe this is me looking at it through garnet glasses and trying to put a positive spin on it. Could I argue that this okay. slump? is the best thing that could have ever happened to the Yardcocks. Now, I say that mm-hmm. because if on the other side of this, we talked about the hot, cold, hot theory that the 11.7 boys have. Shout out to them. But the hot, cold, yeah. hot theory. In about mm-hmm. a month or so, if South Carolina's playing their best baseball and a super regional punches their ticket to Omaha, we just might look back and say, you know what? I'm glad Carolina got cold when they did. Now, this is all assuming that on the other side's the hot streak, mm-hmm. but maybe, just maybe, this is a blessing in disguise. Yeah. And this is like the best thing that could have happened to this club. I- I'm not saying that it's it's good to lose, fun to lose. I'm frustrated, but I'm not hitting the panic oh, button because if you understand how baseball works, you know that these right. things do yeah. tend to happen. And so if South right. Carolina can once again get hot, play their best baseball, get healthy, you could argue that this might be one of the best things that could have happened to this ball club, as crazy as that sounds. And we've shown enough this year that when we are healthy and we're playing our type of baseball, we are one of the top dogs in college baseball. No matter how this season shakes out we still don't know we still got tomorrow night and then two get and then two two more weekend series and then the the record season's over mm-hmm. and 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 the i've heard all my coaches in my life tell me it ain't about how you start it's about how you finish you can start well and play well, but can you finish well? And I think we have got the pieces to finish very, very well. We just, we just gotta get those. We just gotta, we just gotta get those pieces back, brush ourselves off, and just mm-hmm. keep on moving forward. Yeah, for sure. And, and Kingston said this, by the way, on Wimmer, Lee Croy, McGillis. I think all three guys are hoping to play next weekend. Whether that comes to pass, we'll see. I would think all three are hoping to start playing again next weekend. So we'll see. Yeah. Even if you just get one back, I mean, obviously they're not, they're not going to throw guys in there unless they're 110% healthy. But, uh, you know, you hope sooner yeah. rather than later those guys get in the lineup. Robbie Davis, hey, Zaxby's Hall of Famer. Appreciate you, my man. Always a pleasure to hear from you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Be good, right, Robbie. buddy. You have a great rest of your Monday. I'll yeah, man. try. No promise. Yeah, man. We'll talk soon. <laughs> All right. All right, sure. brother. Take care. Great stuff from Robbie Davis, as always. And, yeah, guys, again, you know, maybe, maybe, it's a, maybe it's a positive spin zone, right? Maybe it's the garnet and black glasses coming out, if you will. But uh, 
you're going to get caught. That's why, listen, I think that's why you didn't see South Carolina slide so far in the rankings. D1 Baseball still looks and says, this is a good ball club. They're in a slump right now. Let's jump to the phone lines. Call from? Justin. Hey, Justin, what's up, man? How are you? Doing good. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking, man. What's going on? Hey, Chris, how was how, 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 how the beaches and the cruise, man? The cruise was great, man. We had a good time. We had a good time. I appreciate you asking. But I'm, I'm happy to be back on the home front, on home soil, uh, and getting back after it, man. But I appreciate you asking. Yeah, and Chris, I'll be busy too, my friend. I'll be covering uh, gay customers, and, and I'll be helping when I'm – I got a second job now, Chris. I'll be helping uh, Cobbett stores a lot now. Okay, nice. You're staying busy then. You're staying busy. Hey, being busy is a blessing, man. I'd love to hear it. Yep, and Chris, I finished up my cosplay for my at the store event last Saturday. I did good. I love to hear that, Justin. I love to hear it. Yep, and Chris, the, the, the bad news is our baseball team says they, they we just got swell. And you don't see soccer here sweat too much, do you, Chris? No, that was the first time actually. I think Kentucky swept South Carolina since 2012, and um, obviously, first time we've been swept all year, and it sucks. It sucks, man. It's a it's a shitty feeling. I mean, there's just oh, no yeah. question. It's it's, um, you know, it, it sucks. <laughs> it's just no way to put it. I don't know what else to say. Um, bad weekend all the way around. I mean, I and I and I talked about that on the podcast this morning, man. That you know, I know the starting pitching you look at. I mean, that's that's the real black eye right now. But I mean, this past weekend against Kentucky, nothing was good enough. The pitching, the hitting, the fielding, the coaching, nothing, none of it, none of it. It's a bad weekend all the way around, and. You know what you what you hope for from this weekend. It's a weekend where everyone will stop, look themselves in the mirror, take accountability, and say, "All right, what are we going to do about it now?" So what now? What is the mentality? And you know, you look at it this weekend. You don't look at it as like, "Oh my God, we got to play Arkansas." You look at it as, "Hell yeah, we get to play Arkansas. What a great opportunity for us to you know change the narrative." Because all it takes is one weekend. Man, you go win two of three this weekend at Arkansas at Bomb. Guess what happens? Guess what happens? The narrative goes back to, oh, South Carolina was cold. They're still a really good team. Look at the way they responded. That's all it's going to take, man. Just respond the right way. That's what I'm saying. I'm not freaking out, not hitting a panic button. This is the same team that took it to LSU, that swept Florida. This is the same exact team, man. This is the same exact team. So, I think we'll be fine. I think we're uh, we're a banged-up ball club right now that's – that's in a slump, and, and it is what it is, and great teams go into slumps. And I think, again, you look at the D1Baseball.com rankings, that's the reason why you didn't fall, right? That That's why you did not fall far um, is because I think D1Baseball sees that, hey, I mean, they, they got swept. It doesn't mean South Carolina's all of a sudden just a terrible ball club. They're having a rough go right now, not a terrible team. But we do have to respond quickly. We've got to respond quickly because if you keep losing, obviously – uh, they'll drop you right back down. So, big, big weekend. We're taking on the third-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks. And, of course, you take on Tennessee, who has been red hot, but just lost two or three to Georgia, and they're abysmal on the road. So, that'll be a great opportunity as well to, at minimum, win two of three at home. So, you can still close this season strong. You can still close this season strong with two SEC weekends and two midweeks remaining. Oh, yeah. And, Chris, I agree with you. And, Chris, the thing about soccer baseball, hey, Chris, Soccer should be better than this, like uh, you, you can't be losing to these unweight unweight teams. It's 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 BS. It's it's, it's it's nuts, you know. I mean, it's just baseball, man. It just happens. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. It just happens. Um, 
you know, ironically enough, man, I was looking over at this. I've got this 2010 National Championship banner thing hanging up for the baseball team. It's got every game on it from that 2010 season. You want to know something funny? That 2010 team lost yep. two of three to Kentucky. Ironically enough, the next weekend they played at Arkansas and they swept. So we'd love to see that result. And by the way, the final SEC series of that year, South Carolina lost two of three to Florida. So the Gamecocks went into the postseason losing two of their last three SEC weekends. And oh, by the way. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They went to Hoover and went two in barbecue. Lost both games. That team won the national championship. Wow. So you just never know. You, you just never you, – you can't sit here and say, well, we're, we're closing it out slow, so, you know, we're, we're just doomed. That's just not how this game works. This game is crazy, man. Expect the unexpected. Um, I mean, it sucks. We all know that. But it, it's not – don't put the nail in the coffin. It, it's, 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 we're not even remotely at that point. Don't put the nail in the coffin. There's so much baseball still to be played. I mean, as long as you don't completely implode, this team's at minimum still going to be hosting a regional, and you give South Carolina baseball a chance at Founders Park in the postseason, I like those odds. I like those odds. So we've got a long way to go, man. We've got a long way to go, but obviously this past weekend was frustrating, but don't hit the panic button. That's all I would say. Oh, yeah. I agree, Chris. Hey, Chris, you know, hey, look. Hey, Chris, I don't want to see us win no more series, but I'm not sure Marquise has got to do it. And it's, it's been a long time since we've not hit that, that hump yet, you know? Wait, which hump are you talking about? Winning the national championship? Yeah, we can't get over, the, we gotta, we can't get over this hump in baseball, you know? Bro, we got to get over the hump of just getting back to Omaha. So, um, yeah. <laughs> we got to get over that hump first. We got to get over that hump first. So, from there, yep. from there, you know, winning the national championship, we'll see if we can make a run in Omaha. But just get to Omaha. You get to Omaha, your season's a success. Bottom line, that your season, you had a great season. Whether you win the national title or not, 
you get to Omaha, you had a great year, right? You had a great year. So I think I think we're still in a position. We need some guys to step up. We need some guys to get their heads out of their asses more than anything. Um, we we need more from certain guys. God, we need more from Will Sanders, man. I, I mean, this team right now. When I when I look at this team, every one of these teams, right? They're in the top ten, whatever. Every team right now that has Omaha aspirations has got some sort of hole in their ball club or some sort of deficiency. It's baseball. Like everybody does, right? They, you can nitpick everybody and pick one or two things that this could hold them back. That could hold them back. Is this going to be something that is, uh, you, you know, deters them in the long run from making a serious run and winning a national title. When I look at the Gamecocks, I know the defense has been inconsistent, but the number one thing that I look at until this changes, this is what I see. This team lacks a true oh, yeah. ace. This team lacks a true ace. They, they don't have that big-time front-line guy right now because Will Sanders ain't it. Till he proves me otherwise, he ain't it. He's not it. He's got the potential to be it. He's got the stuff, but he hasn't pitched like it. I mean, Kyle Peterson said on the broadcast yesterday, he's got to start pitching like a Friday guy, man. I mean, he's just, he's just not doing it. He's had flashes here and there, but, God, I don't remember – I mean, has he had a dominant start at all this year? It doesn't feel like. I mean, I I guess the Florida game, I guess the Florida game, game one, was a dominant start. But even that thing could have went sideways in the first inning. It damn near did. He has not been good enough. And for this team to maximize their potential and get to Omaha, like, he's got to be the dude, man. He's got to turn it on. I don't know if he can flip that switch or not. But if he can't, I, I just do not think this team is going to get the most out of its out of its potential. Yeah, I agree, Chris. And Chris, like you said, man, if, if, if they'll start change through, Chris, ooh, that could be some big trouble in baseball, huh, Chris? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're going to be in trouble if we don't get more. Justin, I appreciate the call, my friend. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Great to hear from Justin. Of course, Will Hall says this conversation's been therapeutic. Thank you so much, Will. I appreciate you. I mean, again, I was looking at this yesterday, Will, and it does give you some perspective. In case you missed it, the 2010 team closed the season up like this. They lost two of three at Kentucky. The following weekend, ironically enough, they went to Arkansas, and they swept. If that happens this weekend, I might start to say the stars are aligning. Either way, though, the next weekend, the final SEC weekend of that 2010 season, they lost two of three at home to the Florida Gators. Then went to Hoover and went two in barbecue, lost both games, and that team won the national championship. So, like, you never know. You never no in this game. You never know. This is still a really, really good ball club. Just because we were 32-4 and four and were unbeatable a couple of weeks ago, that didn't mean we were a shoe-in to win it all. And just because we've lost back-to-back SEC weekends and just because we got swept this past weekend and just because our starting pitchers haven't pitched worth a damn the last two weekends, guys, that doesn't mean we're not going to host a regional. It doesn't mean that we're that we're, we're just doomed for we're not, we're not going to get out of our own regional it doesn't mean the season is doomed. As tough as it is in baseball, one game, one series does not define your entire season. And the hope is that like that 2010 team, this team is going to get hot when it matters most. They're going to win anyway, and they're going to find a way to make a deep postseason run because this team has the potential to do so. We've seen it all year long. Guys, let's go ahead and jump into our first break. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from you. More your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. 
All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Here on this Monday, May the 8th, 2023. Todd Smith, what's going on, my guy? Appreciate you tuning in. Lynn Turner, um, what'd you miss? We've just been talking South Carolina baseball. So, just been talking Yardcocks. I'm, I'm surprised we've made it this far in the show without discussing some of the football stuff that came out of the weekend. I know it's not specifically like on field or from Coach Beamer or anything relating to, this is all gambling. So I guess if you're not into gambling, you don't really care. But DraftKings dropped their over-under win totals for the 2023 football season. And of course, guys, we got Mark Rogers of the Voice of College Football joining the show today. At 115, I'll get his full thoughts on that. Also, game of the year lines from FanDuel. So you can go ahead and already put action on these games. I know it's crazy. Some of you think it's absurd, but it is what it is. There's some early value to be had as well. These are the over-under win totals, though, for the 2023 football season from DraftKings. They've got Georgia at 11.5. Again, of course, it's over-under. Georgia, 11.5, Alabama, 10.5, LSU, 9.5, Tennessee, 9.5, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and A&M are all at 7.5, Kentucky, South Carolina, Mizzou, Auburn, and Mississippi State all at 6.5, so four teams at 6.5. You got the Florida Gators at 5.5, and and then Vanderbilt at 3.5. And, of course, our attention will go directly to that South Carolina number, six and a half, over under six and a half wins this season. And I guess my question is this. Am I sitting here telling you or telling anyone that South Carolina is going to challenge Georgia and win the SEC East? I am most certainly not. But in Shane Beamer's first two seasons, The Gamecocks have hit the over on the Vegas win total. My question is this. What does Shane Beamer and South Carolina have to do to get some respect nationally? I mean, what do they have to do? How many times does Shane Beamer have to defy the odds as the Vegas underdog to get a little bit of love? Like, what more do they have to do? Because we saw it all year last year. All year last year. Gamecocks are a 22-point underdog. Doesn't matter. 16-point underdog. Doesn't matter. 10-point underdog. Doesn't matter. Time and time and time and time again. Especially when it comes to these over-under win totals. Two years in a row, you've smashed the over. I think you were three and a half in 2021. Beamer's first year. You win six regular season games, seven with a bowl game. Last year, you're over under six and a half. You win eight regular season games. Seven and a half would have made sense to me. Seven and a half would have made a ton of sense. Six and a half? It feels disrespectful once again. It feels disrespectful once again. I am not saying that South Carolina is going to challenge Georgia. I'm not saying they're going to win 10 games. Get to seven wins? Get to seven? With Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells back, arguably the best duo in the SEC? I mean, I know there's question marks. We all know there's question marks. 
But that six and a half number, I, I just, what does Shane Beamer and Gamecocks football have to do to start getting a little bit more respect? And I guess I know the answer to my own question. Keep winning. Win. You win eight or more this year, I think you'll start to see that respect come in the narrative change in Vegas. So, anyways, Jacob E. makes a good point. Not lose to Missouri. And, and to be fair, though, because I always give you both sides of the argument, right? You can see it from all sides. There are different perspectives to see this thing from. On the flip side, on the flip side, because these, these win totals, I'm pretty sure they don't count a bowl game, right? I'm pretty sure the bowl game is irrelevant to the over-under win total. South Carolina, it looked like, was going to finish in the under. It looked like they were going to hit the under. Right? And sure enough, they close out the season, beat Tennessee, beat Clemson, sucks the rest is history. Uh, Mark Kingston. Let's see. Mark Kingston and Jay Phillips on 107.5 The Game. McGillis and Lee Croy could be in the lineup Tuesday, tomorrow. Wimmer is getting close. Mentioned next midweek. Jerzenbeck getting evaluated today. Veach was out with a sore arm or has a sore arm. He felt better on Sunday. Tippett dealing with a wrist injury and Noah Hall is nowhere close. I don't know why they're just not willing to say Noah Hall is out for the season. We've heard that from multiple people. I don't know why they're not willing to say that. It's whatever. It doesn't matter to me, but like I don't know why they're just not willing to say. Um, I don't know why they're not willing to say that. Either way, maybe he's not. Uh, anyways, though, okay, so there's your full injury report. McGillis Lee Croy could actually be in the lineup tomorrow, which would be huge. I mean, I think it's one of those things, though, where if it's even a fit, if it's even if they're anything less than a hundred percent, if they're anything less than a hundred percent, you obviously don't throw them in there. So, Brian Dean says South Carolina takes two of three from Arkansas. You heard it here first. I hope we land digs. Brian Dean, first thing, two of three from Arkansas. I can see it. I, Brian, I don't, listen, I know some people are going to say you're crazy. Brian Dean, I don't think you're crazy at all. I don't think you're crazy at all, man, because baseball is a game in which I, things like that happen, man. They just, they, things like that happen. You know, it, it's not the craziest thing in the world. It's not. It wouldn't shock me at all if South Carolina did that. Brian Dean also says, I hope we land digs. I hope we land digs also, my guy. Lynn Turner, I'm excited to see the defensive line play now with some work with our new T-Rob. Indeed, Trayvon Robertson going to be awesome. Jacob E., it's the inconsistency in our wins as to why the total is so low. Somehow lost at home to Mizzou and then got blasted by Florida and then turned it around for two unlikely wins at the end of the season. I, Jacob, I agree with you. I, I agree. I, obviously, what I was speaking on earlier, you know, why does South Carolina not get more respect? I mean, it, you know, I would have put the number at seven and a half, Jacob, personally. I think that's the number when you're talking about getting even money on both sides. I would have put seven and a half. Like, I guess here's where I fall on it, though. Like, six and a half, does it make sense? I guess you can say it does, but, like, it would just, it would stun me if Carolina finished with six wins. It would stun me. It would. 
I like with Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells. Now, if injuries happen, but if like if this team stays healthy for the most part, I will be really surprised if they don't win more than six games. I'll be really, really surprised. I will. So, I, you know, I think seven and a half would have made a, been a number that made a lot more sense. But, you know, I'm, I'm not a Vegas sharp. So what do I know? So. Jacob E says over six and a half seems like free money. It really does. It really does. Ryan Dean, Chris, keep being awesome with the content. To hell with the haters. I appreciate you, Brian. You're the man. Thank you. Again, guys, uh, Mark Rogers, voice of college football. He'll join the show at 115. Guys, if you ever miss anything on the Daily Crow, you can check us out via the podcast version of this show, which drops on our Spurs Up Show podcast feed. Just search the Spurs Up Show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This drops every single day at 3 o'clock. Guys, with that being said, though, today, please forgive me. This is most likely, it's definitely going to drop a little bit later because I've got to leave immediately following this show and head to Columbia to do our interview with Brad Lawing. So if you don't mind, I appreciate your patience. For those who tune to the podcast, I will get it out as soon as I possibly can. But obviously, getting down there, that is priority number one. Taking care of the interview, that's priority number one. And I appreciate you guys, your love and your understanding. Uh, let's see here. Jacob E. Sanders' best start was in three short innings against LSU in Florida. Outside of that, it's been less than stellar. It has been less than stellar, Jacob E. It has. It has. It has. I, I mean, I, I said it I, I said it before the season, guys, that if South Carolina was going to maximize their potential and make a run, they needed Will Sanders to be at their best. So the fact that you're ranked, if you just showed me Will Sanders' numbers, guys, If you'd have showed me Will Sanders' numbers in the preseason, if you'd have been like, this is what Will Sanders has done to this point, what is the Gamecocks record? Dude, I would have said we were probably a 30-win team and, and you know, we've got 12 wins in the SEC right now and just fighting for postseason play. I really would have. So it's honestly, like, stunning. It's stunning we are we are right now it, it, with, with the way he's pitched. It's stunning, to be honest. Ruben Nation, what's going on? Joseph says, I haven't always been crazy on DK, but listen to him talk, man. He was meant to be a running back. What did he say, Joseph, that makes you say that? I, I didn't hear his interview with whoever it is that you're talking about. Ryan Dean, if our O-line dominates, we could have anyone playing running back. I mean, it does come to the big uglies, but not all running backs are built equally. I think we all, I think we all agree with that. They're not all built equally. Anyways, guys, busy content day. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much again for the continued love and support. Means the absolute world, man. Thank you all. Thank you all so much. Let's see. Brian Dean says South Carolina goes nine and three. Brian Dean, I will drop my full predictions. Of course, early July, the week following uh, July fourth, the week following July fourth, that's when I'll drop my predictions. Um, nine and three, though. Brian Dean's locked in nine and three. Oh, by the way, that that brings me to, of course, the game of the year spreads. So let's jump into those. Our good friend SEC Mike. 
drop these. Let's see. Let's get into it. I will read off the Gamecock ones specifically first, and then we'll talk about some of the other games. So South Carolina, four games. Four spreads are already out there for the Gamecocks 2023 football season. You first start South Carolina, North Carolina in Charlotte. UNC is now a two-point favorite in the game. They were a one-point favorite. It felt like all offseason. Now they are a two-point favorite. South Carolina at Georgia. The Bulldogs are a 24-point favorite over the Gamecocks. 24! Goodness gracious. South Carolina at Tennessee. Tennessee is a 13-point favorite over the Gamecocks. And finally, Clemson at South Carolina. The Tigers are a six-and-a-half-point favorite in Williams-Brice Stadium. Which of those four, I would say, do you most disagree with? Which of those four do you most raise an eyebrow at? Right? Four games. The Gamecocks are underdogs in all four of them that have dropped early. Gavin, we do not know when Diggs will make his decision. Again, Gavin, we will have J.C. Sherbert on the show later this week. I'm sure he will fill us in with a lot of intel on everything going on with uh, the Notre Dame transfer. So, Joseph says, I also just have that much faith in Loggins and the coaching staff. DK said he's just now getting 100% healthy. We'll see. We'll see. I, I still, you know, Joseph, to your point, we all love to carry on Joiner. I, I would still say the Gamecocks do need a proven running back. They, they, they do. They do. Um, Todd Smith. Hey, Chris, has anyone heard anything else about possibly Jordan Birch coming back? I've heard nothing new on that. I, I doubt that actually happens. There's so many loopholes that I think, Todd, he would have to jump through. I, I just don't, I don't see that happening. I don't see it happening. Brian Dean, yeah, I think I, I think uh, when you when you measure height and size, Brian, I would say to carry on Joiner's the biggest running back we have, but uh, Mario Anderson's a, a a big kid, so I know he's shorter, but he, he's a he's a stocky back, no doubt. Brian Dean says South Carolina beats Tennessee by ten points. Lynn Turner Dogs are a twenty four point favorite with an unproven quarterback. Lynn, that's just how good Georgia is. A lot of folks, Lynn, will say, who's playing quarterback for Georgia? Their response, it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback for Georgia. They're surrounded by the best talent in all of college football. I mean, I would agree with you, 24 feels crazy. 24 feels absolutely crazy, man. Twenty-four feels nuts, but that's how good Georgia is. That's just how good Georgia is, the way they recruited. Uh, the other big games, the other big games, the spreads, for those of us that love SEC football, Utah, 10-point favorite over Florida. LSU, Florida State's a pick em. That's week one in Orlando. Uh, Alabama, 7.5-point favorite against Texas. A&M, a 6.5-point favorite against Miami. Tennessee, 7.5-point favorite at Florida. LSU, a 9-point favorite at Mississippi State. Alabama, 16-point favorite against Ole Miss. I, I love the Rebels there. Uh, LSU, a 12-and-a-half-point favorite against Arkansas. A&M, a three-point favorite against Arkansas and Arlington. LSU, four-and-a-half at Ole Miss. Georgia, 18-and-a-half at Auburn. 
Bama, nine and a half at Texas A&M. Bama, again, 18-point favorites against Arkansas. Tennessee, nine and a half point favorites against A&M. LSU, 17-point favorites against Auburn. Bama, 10-point favorites against Tennessee. Georgia, 21.5-point favorites against Florida and Jacksonville. Ole Miss, 3.5-point favorites against A&M. Bama, 7-point favorite against LSU. Georgia, a 19.5-point favorite against Ole Miss. LSU, 16.5-point favorites against Florida. Georgia, 7.5 at Tennessee. Ole Miss, 1.5 at Mississippi State. Auburn, or excuse me, Alabama, 14-point favorite at Auburn. LSU, a 10.5-point favorite against Texas A&M. And Florida State, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite at Florida. So those are early game-of-the-year SEC point spreads, if you will. Gavin, what other positions do you think we can, we can fill using the portal? Brian Dean says we're looking at the edge rusher from Syracuse. Yeah, that's definitely one. I mean, Gavin, I think we all know the positions of need right now. Offensive line would be great, but edge and running back, those are the top two. So I'm sure Shane Beamer and company are hard at work. We know they are, right? Because Diggs was just visiting. So a lot of visitors taking place right now and the transfer portal's popping and I'm sure you will see a welcome home or two upcoming here very, very soon. But yeah, guys, when you look at those, those game of the year, you know, I, I don't know. The one that jumps out, you know, I, I guess Georgia, you, you hate to even doubt the Georgia Bulldogs in Athens. That'll be a really, really tough one. How do we feel about South Carolina being a two-point underdog to North Carolina? Like, like, do we feel like North Carolina, the battle of Spencer Rattler and Drake May? I think those are two very similar teams. Two quarterbacks who are going into really big years for their respective careers. Both have new offensive coordinators, right? Both teams have questions on defense, okay? So those are very similar teams in my mind. I could see that being a freaking track meet. Whatever the total is, it's probably not high enough. It's probably not high enough. But North Carolina getting the edge, that surprises me a little bit. That surprises me, right? Tennessee, a 13-point favorite against South. Guys, I, I, I can see it. 13 might be too much. But the fact that Tennessee's a favorite is not shocking to me at all. Tennessee's probably going to be a preseason top 10 team. Probably. At minimum, top 15. We'll say top 15. They're a preseason top 15 team. There's no question. And then you look at that last game. South Carolina hosting the Tigers at Williams-Brice Stadium. Clemson's a six-and-a-half point favorite. That might be the one that jumps out to me the most. That might be the one that jumps out the most. Listen, I like Garrett Riley. I admit it. I like Garrett Riley. I wish the Gamecocks would have gotten Garrett Riley. I'm not even going to front. I like Dabble Loggins a lot, but it wouldn't have upset me had Garrett Riley come to Columbia. Maybe Loggins will prove to be better. We'll see. But you're really putting that much stock in that guy? Touchdown better than Carolina? Are they calling last year a fluke what the Gamecocks did? Should have won that game by two or more touchdowns? I don't know. Seven, six and a half? That feels like a lot. That feels like a lot. Again, of course, all of these spreads and all of these lines, they will change. They will change. Uh, <laughs> Brendan M., whatever the line is for Bama, Tennessee, suck. 
hammer the Tide. No number is too large. Let's see. Will Hall, yes, you did hear in the podcast correctly. Live stream watch-alongs for all three games this weekend against the Arkansas Razorbacks. So 7 o'clock Friday, 7 o'clock, 7.30 Saturday, 3 o'clock on Sunday. We will do the live stream watch-alongs for all three games. Looking forward to it. Brian Deans is the only reason UNC's favorite is the location. Do you think so? Do you think so? I don't know. I, 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 it's, I, you know what I think it is? I think the reason that North Carolina's favored, I think Vegas looks at that game and they look at the two teams. Like I said, I think these teams are very, very comparable. I think they're very similar in regards to their makeup. I think you look at those two teams and I think Vegas says this, which quarterback under a new OC do we trust more? Which quarterback do we trust more? Not even to go win the game, but to not lose the game. And when I think you look at Spencer Rattler, he finished the season beautifully, but those first 10 games happened. They did. Those first 10 games happened. And so it's just like, which version of Rattler are you going to get? You get the best version of him, you get a great shot to win the ballgame. But are you going to get that guy under a new OC? There's new verbiage. There's new things to pick up. Out the gate. They're going to have to be. They're going to have to be because you've got that retooled secondary. You've got a, a defensive front that we don't know what the pass rush is going to look like. So I, I think that's why you see UNC get the slight edge. I think that's why you see UNC get the slight edge. Joseph's says South Carolina will have a really strong secondary. I, I mean, I think it's going to be a solid secondary, Joseph. I just think, though, I, I like Marcellus Dial a lot. Dial Island. I, I like O'Donnell Fortune. I like O'Donnell Fortune. I just think, though, you'd be, you'd be naive to think there won't be some sort of drop-off losing Cam Smith and Darius Rush. Like, I think it's almost disrespectful to those guys to say, oh, no, we'll be fine. We're not going to miss a beat. Like, those guys were really good, as is evidenced by the fact they were both selected in the NFL draft. Right? So, I don't know. It, it's... Anyways. Uh, guys, let's go ahead and jump into a quick break. On the other side, we do have Mark Rogers, the voice of college football, joining us. So we will get into that conversation in the course after that. Your questions, your comments, your calls, and more as we rock and roll here on TDC on this Monday, May the 8th, 2023. Appreciate you all tuning in, guys. We'll be right back after this break. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Monday, May the 8th, 2023. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. I hope you had a fantastic weekend, by the way, outside of the events that took place in Lexington, Kentucky, South Carolina, dropping all three games to the Kentucky Wildcats. 
But we're going to switch gears just a bit here because, of course, every single Monday he joins us to talk South Carolina, SEC, and college football as a whole. Mark Rogers, the voice of college football, joins the show once again. Mark, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. It's great to see your face, hear your voice. Chris, how's it going? Good to be here. I'm glad to be back, man. I apologize last week. Uh, I was in the Bahamas and forgot to text you. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna I forget everything. And I, I, I apologize for the miscommunication, but excited now. Every single Monday, we're gonna have you back on. I'm sure you were like, "This guy has me on one time," and then we're <laughs> next week. What's going on? But no, really excited, my friend, because we got a lot to discuss here on this Monday uh, with some stuff coming out over the weekend. Let's go ahead, Mark, and dive right into it. Uh, we'll stick with the SEC as a whole. Win totals have dropped from our friends over at DraftKings. And I was starting to kind of get that itch, Mark, because it feels like it's about this time every single year with the numbers drop. And I was sitting there thinking, when are these win totals and these spreads going to finally start to release? Well, here they are. DraftKings drops their 2023 SEC win totals. And I'll go down the list. Uh, over under wins. Georgia, 11.5. Bama, 10.5. LSU and Tennessee at 9.5. Arkansas, Ole Miss, and A&M at 7.5. Kentucky, South Carolina, Mizzou, Auburn, and Mississippi State at 6.5. Florida at 5.5. And, and Vanderbilt at 3.5. Of those win totals, Mark, of the ones I just mentioned, is there anything that immediately jumps out to you? Well, it's not a surprise that Florida's at 5.5, but it just shows where the program is right now under Billy Napier, and uh, he's done a decent job early in this offseason of recruiting, but of course that's not going to impact uh, this fall, but he's uh, nabbed some five stars and he's off to a decent start there. But uh, yeah, just that Florida football's at at 5.5 is crazy. I've not seen the win total, so this is the first time I'm hearing this, and and really nothing standing out other than you know how strong the the sentiment for Georgia has to be to see 11 and a half. We almost never see basically you're betting an undefeated season and Vegas usually is very conservative about those kind of projections. So schedule no big non-conference games for Georgia obviously to be challenged there the 11 and a half do they slip up once? That's pretty much what you're you're betting there. And the South Carolina number again? Six and a half. Six and a half. Well, I, w- I would tend to go a little high on that and tend to uh, bet that one over. They, that would be one I would grab. Uh, there's usually, as I scan this, this happens every offseason where about five, six, seven stand out to me. And uh, if I'm going to put a dime or two on them, then I'll try to go for a odd number selections and hope that I hit, you know, at least over 500, which has been pretty common to be able to, you know, maybe nab five out of seven, something in that range. I think I did that last year, five and two uh, across the nation. But uh, yeah, out of the SEC, I got to go South Carolina winning seven ball games. Well, you know what I think is too uh, interesting, Mark, is it really just shows the depth of the SEC because eight of the 14 teams in the league, their win total is set as either six and a half or seven and a half, which I think we'd all agree, right? There's a bunch of teams. I mean, you've got Georgia, Bama, and we'll say LSU right at the top. Vandy's at the bottom. There's no doubt. And I think we're willing to kind of throw Florida at the bottom of the power rankings as well because of what they're going through. Everybody in the middle, though, I mean, 
six to eight wins, nine wins, maybe six to nine wins, but six to eight wins is in play for literally over half of the league. And it really just goes to show you the great depth of the conference when you got that many teams that can beat up on each other. Yeah, there is no doubt. Uh, again, we just saw the NFL draft two weekends ago and the SEC, all the, the Big Ten put on a push this year. It was closer than usual, 62-55. And actually the Big Ten had more top three round selections. Uh, but the SEC, 17 consecutive seasons now in the NFL draft with the most selections. And, and I tell people this all the time. There is no coincidence that the recruiting rankings are what they are with the SEC littering the top 20. 25, 12 or 13 out of the top 25, pretty much everybody but Vandy uh, and Missouri are in the top 25. And then three to four years later, those same guys are going to the NFL far more than any other conference college. And then the results on the field in between line up too. It's it carries all the way through. There is no coincidence there. Mark, let me pose this question to you because you mentioned the South Carolina number six and a half. And I was a little bit surprised when I saw that. Me personally, if I like, and I'm talking wanting to get even money on both sides, which is Vegas's goal, right? I think seven and a half would have made more sense, in my humble opinion. Yep. I'll turn the question to you because, again, what I love is that you don't have any pre existing bias. You, you certainly don't have any garnet goggles or anything of the nature. Let me ask you. Shane Beamer in his first two seasons at Columbia has smashed the over, right? They've hit the over both years. Shane Beamer has shown time and time again. They love, love Mark playing the underdog role. I mean, they, they embrace it so many times. They've beaten the odds and they've beaten Vegas. Why does South Carolina continue to struggle to get respect from Vegas, national media, and a program like, let's say, for example, Tennessee – gets the benefit of the doubt. Why is that? Why is that the case? So Vegas, uh, yeah, they they love the brand names. They love the tradition. They love the, you know, a, again, they are always going to, you know, uh, to take it out of conference. Uh, Ohio State's the number one FPI team. They lost their quarterback. They lost a ton of production. They struggled on defense last year. They're, they're number one. Uh, they They love brand names. The the point spreads and Georgia has now joined this group of Alabama and Ohio State. When you look at projected uh, point spreads, you know, going through the season, and once we get near the end of the season, you know, Vegas will start to project matchups in the college football playoff, and it's interesting to see they give so much credit, even in a down year for Alabama last year, they give Alabama just. Enormous credit, regardless, even though they lost the two games, didn't come close in a sense of making the playoffs that they would be a favorite against anybody but Georgia. They give the same due to Ohio State, and now Georgia's earned it, of course, in the last two seasons. You know, you would have thought that marquee wins, because that's what I think would wake people up. The Tennessee game, the Clemson game, would wake people up. But I think people, I think the national narrative is really down on Clemson right now as, okay, you got to prove that you're elite again, because we just think that you're, you fall. I mean, I, and I you saw your, I saw your ACC power rankings. You've got them number two behind Florida state. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we knocked them down <laughs> to number two, uh, inexperienced quarterback. Mm -hmm. uh, the defense lost uh, some NFL talent up front. 
and it was not dominant last year. They were supposed to have a dominant defense. Like they were supposed to be geared up to be one of the top defenses in the country, and they were good, but they weren't like real good, lockdown good. Their wide receiver play has been awful the last few years. So I'm not high on uh, Clemson. They got to show me something. Uh, but South Carolina, what, you know, it, even the Notre Dame game, uh, they lost the game, but exciting game down at the wire. And, uh, yeah, you would think that uh, they would start to turn the corner in the eyes of Vegas, but uh, this this might be one to take advantage of, folks. Now, over the weekend also, Mark, sticking with the gambling side of things, but, of course, the college football side of things, FanDuel dropped some of their uh, game of the year SEC point spread, some updated point spreads, and I'll stick specifically with the, with the games that include the Gamecocks because there's a lot of games here on this list. Uh, four games for South Carolina have been released. And, of course, Mark, wouldn't you know it, Carolina is an underdog in all four of the games. Carolina is a two-point underdog against UNC, a 24-point underdog at Georgia, a 13-point underdog at Tennessee, and a six-and-a-half-point underdog to the mentioned Clemson Tigers. Of those four which of those stand out the most to you, and where would you like the Gamecocks the most out of the four games I mentioned? Well, obviously, the deeper we get into the schedule, the more there is an unknown factor of what's going to happen with right. injuries, and obviously right. teams are going to uh, ascend and others are going to uh, decline more than we expect. And to prove that point before I specifically get to South Carolina, I noticed four or five, six years ago with these preseason publications, Athlon, Street, and Smith's fill-in-the-blank, that while they provide tremendous uh, information, their predictions are awful. And when I say they're awful, <laughs> they're, they, just, they just predict chalk. So they don't want to get embarrassed is what they don't want to have happen. They don't want to look bad. So they predict chalk. And I've looked at it from year to year, and this has become an off-season project for me, uh, that they basically, aside from about four teams in the country, we'll predict everybody within about one game of what they did the season before because they don't want to they don't want to try to yeah. break out and say hey this team's going to be a breakout team or this team's going to decline and now i've tracked it for about 5 years chris and guess how many teams out of this what is now 69 power fives with the four additions to the big 12 but it was only 65 last year 65 power 5 teams guess how many either increase their win total by at least three or it decreased by at least three. So we're talking significant. You know, you're a nine and three right. team. You go to six and six, you're a three and nine team. You could jump to six and six. How many out of 65 do you think their record changed by that much in one season from 21 to 22? I'll go. That's a big change. I'll, I'll go 12 teams, 27. Wow. You know, so a lot of shifting you? in college football. A lot of yes. Shifting. Yeah. I, I I was surprised by that number. I've been tracking that number every year. It's usually more like 18 to 22, but it was 27 mm. last year. Like seven of the 10 teams in the Big 12 mm. had that kind of jump or drop because I think we get so locked into the elites stay the same, mm. the same four or five. Like we think the whole nation stays like that, but they mm. don't. There's a lot of change. So you got to find who is going to elevate or who's in decline. And those magazines don't do it. They, they just, they're conservative and they just, they don't want to be wrong. So they just throw those out. So I am constantly looking for 
And I may actually force myself because by nature, I think we're all pretty much conservative. We don't want to be crazy and have people, especially doing what we do, say, you know, you have no idea what you're talking about. How in the world could they be 10 and 2 this year? How could TCU possibly go 12 and 0 this year? Well, they, they just did it after 5 and 7. Uh, so they're obviously the the prime example from last mm-hmm. season. So trying to be kind of a visionary. So mm-hmm. I'll take it now to the point spreads. The North Carolina one stands out for me. I just think South Carolina is a better football team than North Carolina. And they're a two-point underdog in a neutral site, right, Charlotte? Mm-hmm. Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Okay, South Carolina, by my money right now, I understand the quarterback play there is phenomenal with Drake May. But if people really locked in on – his performance last year, first of all, he doesn't play the competition that uh, Spencer Radler in South Carolina plays. I, I know that the numbers were so much better than Radler, but he doesn't play the defenses week to week in the ACC. It's not even close. And uh, down the stretch, he had his issues, and they did as well. They were not a good team down the stretch last year while South Carolina is on the upsurge. So give me the two with South Carolina right out of the gate. And again, I'm more apt to say, hey, let's look at those early season games rather than, shoot, week 10, week 11. I I don't know. But uh, Clemson at home with almost a touchdown? (laughs) Feels like a lot. Feels like a lot. Yeah. I'll say this, too, by the way. I wanted to say this, Mark, to your point about, like, the preseason magazines and stuff like that. This is why I love my guy, Brett Cianci of Pick 6 Preview. Shout out to him. That I I feel like he does – go against the grain and make some bold predictions. I mean, I think two years ago he had North Carolina in his playoff. And, of course, they literally lost week one to Virginia Tech. And I actually think last year he had Utah, and they lost week one to Florida. So I think it might be a kiss of death, whoever he throws into his playoff. I don't know. But anyway, he's he's at least willing. He's at least, yeah, willing to make a bold prediction. But I feel like a lot of these magazine guys, and it is what it is, but I think a lot of them probably don't want to ruffle too many feathers because they are very reliant on relationships with coaches. It's like they don't want to burn that bridge by saying something outlandish because nobody wants to hear, right? Because nobody sees the downfall coming. And I think it's so funny when you see people talk about these win totals and over-unders. They're like, oh, I like this team. They're going to go over. Oh, I like this team. They're going to go over. It's like somebody has to have a bad year. Somebody is going to fall short of their expectations. Everybody cannot win eight games. It's just not mathematically possible, right? And nobody wants to spend the entire offseason because we all get so excited talking about college ball. Nobody wants to hear from months on end, hey, by the way, your team's going to stink. You just don't know it yet. Like, nobody wants to hear that, right? So I get where the magazine guys are coming from, but it does become very – very monotonous. I, I, I don't really look at the magazines and lean on them for the pr- predictions. I, I do like looking at the depth charts and stuff like that. And I think that's a cool thing. And obviously, we just consume it because we're junkies, right? And it's like any bit of college football, you know, content we can consume, we get after it. But this kind of leads me to this, Mark. And I, and I know we'll have this conversation a lot going into the season. But you mentioned the UNC game and the questions were Rattler. And, I mean, he was abysmal through 10 games. Let's call it for what it is. But to hear what you're saying and UNC being a favorite in that game. And it's like, I, I just continue to say, that's why I think this is such a pivotal year for South Carolina and for Shane Beamer. Cause we talk a lot about like what Shane Beamer's done behind closed doors, changing the culture, changing the mindset in Columbia, taking this program to the next level. We talk about what he's done in the portal and recruiting, but you know what changes the culture mark 
more than anything. And you know what gets respect on a national level more than anything? Winning games. Winning. That, that's what does it. Winning. It doesn't matter. Everybody has great culture. Everybody does, right? Or at least they say they do. But winning on the field, that's what changes perceptions of your program. That's what creates tradition. It's what creates history. It's what turns your program from. Because I think this year, you know, it's why we've talked about more getting to eight or more is so important because I think if you can do that, it's like, okay, South Carolina is turning a corner or has turned a corner under Shane Beamer. This is not the South Carolina of old. I fear like if you go under that six and a half, you go six and six, or God forbid worse, people are going to look and say, that's South Carolina. Like this is the same old, same old 500 program, the same thing they've been for 100 plus years. Like I think there's that type of pressure on this season. At some point, you've got to deliver on proof of concept. You can't sell a dream and a vision forever. And so South Carolina, fortunately, for as much as it sucked to lose to Mizzou and score 10 points, and I remember uh, diving in on that game and being like, man, this is awful. This is painful to watch this South Carolina offense. For as bad as that was, and then the uh, the Florida game, was that the 38-7 game? 38-6. game. Their, one, their lone touchdown in that game was a trick play on special teams. Zero <laughs> offensive points in that game for as painful as those two weeks were i would rather have those two with the two outstanding wins than chalk the entire season and we beat bad teams and we lost to everybody good and got our butts kicked by four touchdowns by everybody good on our schedule because that doesn't show growth and potential yeah they had the letdowns they had mizzou in florida but Shane Beamer showed, look at what we can be. Look at what we are when we put it together. Hey, come play defense for us. We put up 38 on Notre Dame. We just needed a little bit more defense in that bowl game. You know, we won't give up 45 if we can get some pass rush. Come play for us. You know, he can sell vision. There's still that hunger and that growth process going, but we've done it. We've done it. Okay, it wasn't a fluke because you know what? We did it the next week again. So we just didn't do it. That Tennessee wasn't just like flash in the pan. Oh, the, the place was rocking. We did it. No, we turned around and we actually got off the deck. And I was concerned with South Carolina that next week thinking, oh, man, they are feeling good about themselves. They never beat Clemson. They're going to Death Valley the next week. No, we, we got off the deck. We stopped the party after Sunday. We got refocused. We beat Clemson. That's, that's pretty impressive. Now, Mark, when do your SEC power rankings drop? Because I was I was looking. It looks like you just started the power rankings uh, on your YouTube channel, which is the voice of college football, correct? So let everybody know, because I'm curious to see them. Obviously, I watched the entire ACC video, which, by the way, it's crazy to me. You were talking recruiting in the SEC, and you had what? It was Virginia was down at the bottom. Virginia Tech was, my God, how far Virginia Tech's fallen as a program. Like, how poorly some of those ACC teams recruit is astonishing like it's crazy anyways though sec power rankings when is that coming out um so i actually am in the process of recording the pac-12 right now so i'm going to release at least one if not two per day so it's going to be out in the next couple days i want to keep the best for last so people wait for the sec and the big 10 so let's (laughs) let's put them last Hmm. and uh yeah so here in the next day or two how how tough is it to rank those teams like four through 
10 or 12 or whatever. I mean, like, like we mentioned, I mean, you see the win totals. It's just kind of put yeah. them up, shake them up in a bag and, you know, throw them out there. I mean, any order would almost make sense, it seems. And, and you know what the deal is. People are going to hold me to, <laughs> just like they hold you to the, the April or May, mm-hmm. just power ranking and remind you in September, even if you've corrected it and said, no, 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 no. I, I've reevaluated in August and, and I'll make my final predictions, of course, for the season, but there'll still be people that'll be like, oh, you had them seventh in the SEC in, in May. So, so calm down, people. It's fun. I, I really focus on the current information. So I just don't want to do power rankings like, okay, and here they are. But I want to give you some, you know, some depth, some, some, some uh, information in regards to transfers, who's going to make an impact. Uh, again, the recruiting rankings, because most of those, about half of those players are on campus already and have already gone through spring practice. So looking at the new additions and what they, they could mean for these teams. Mark, before I get you out of here, one last thing, and I'll talk about this on my airwaves, uh, early July, when I lock in my predictions, and this will be sort of part of my commentary, the most important quote unquote game of the season Um, Do you believe in most important games? And could I argue to you, I'm not saying this is going to be mine, but we were just talking about that Clemson game, Tigers, you know, by FanDuel, a six and a half point favorite, whatever. These rivalry games, they mean so much to these universities, right? Like if you don't win a conference, like, or if you don't win the national championship or a championship at all, like winning your rivalry game is like the next thing. I mean, the whole reason that what, like a Gus Malzahn lasted at Auburn, for example, he beat Alabama. Like, that's why he was there. You know what I mean? So, it, it's it's such an important thing. Or who was it at, uh, like, Ohio State, Michigan? Like, if you don't beat the rival in that one, you're just not going to have a very long career at either school. So, could I argue that the Clemson game for South Carolina could potentially be the biggest game of the season? Yes, you could. Because, uh, you know, we've talked enough football. And, obviously, I've had you on my show a ton of times. So, you've, you know, we've talked enough football for you to know that I'm pretty pragmatic. You know, I'm, I'm pretty much the, you know, the neutral. Let's uh, let's be logical here. But college football is just soaked in emotion. Uh, that means something, the passion. And yes, rivalry means something. And it points to what I was just talking about with the two letdowns against um, Florida and Mizzou. Uh, because if that would have just been a chalk type season, that would have just had a feel of, okay, eight and four. That was nice. It was okay. It was okay on the, 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 the black and white sheet of the, the record, the results and the standings, but man, that, that didn't really feel, did we have a really big moment? No, we didn't. Uh, Clemson beat us for the 48th year in a row. You know what, what's there, but no, you can look back even 10 years from now and say, either this was the start of something special or, Hey, that was kind of cool that for two weeks there, you know, we were, we were on fire and it didn't turn into anything, but that was fun for two weeks. Yes, definitely. There are games that mean more and you, you have to live it. You have to talk it every day and people go to work together. They talk to each other. They're all over social media, uh, pinging the, 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 the clowns that they love to, to, to argue college football with. But so, yeah, you, to to get beaten down by Clemson again would have been it would have been expected. Nobody would have thought much about it nationally. That okay, Clemson beats South Carolina, of course, but to get that win, oh man, absolutely, there are more important games than others. 
No doubt. It's going to be a lot of fun to discuss. Of course, we've got a long offseason ahead. But before you know it, my friend Mark, we'll be at SEC Media Days and then getting into preseason practice and then kickoff. We'll be right around the corner. I'm excited, Mark, every single Monday. You and I talking about it, breaking it down, discussing it, everything, that all the storylines that take place over the offseason, my friend. I truly appreciate you taking the time. Mark Rogers, the voice of college football. And this time next week, Mark, we're going to dive into your power rankings, and we might have to grill you. I don't know. No, it'll be a good time. Can't wait to watch that. And appreciate you and all your hard work, and uh, looking forward to chatting next week, Mark. Love it, Chris. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Take care. Great stuff. Mark Rogers, the voice of college football. Really, really great stuff. John Everts is what date will the 100 days to kickoff start? That is May the 25th, my friend. So that's actually the Thursday of SEC tournament week. Okay, so two and a half weeks until 100 days to kick off. And, of course, the countdown to kick off will start on social media. We'll post a countdown video every single day. Going to be a lot of fun. Guys, let's jump into one final break. On the other side, we'll fire back up the phone lines and we'll take your questions, your comments, your calls, and more on the other side of the break. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final 15 minutes or so here in the Daily Crow. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-337. That's 843-790-337. I want to say thank you to Mark Rogers for taking the time to chat. Great stuff, as always. Check out the Voice of College Football on YouTube. Does a great job over there. Like I said, phone lines are open, 843-790-3377. Here on this Monday is we a uh, little bit of a therapy Monday, right? It's got a it's got a therapy Monday uh, feel to it after the weekend that was South Carolina dropping all three games, all three games in Lexington, Kentucky. I, I something none of us I think saw coming. Um, just tough, tough to say the least. Tough to say the least. Uh, our good friend Ben Upton over at 11.7 drops his projected field of 64. He's got the Gamecocks as the nine overall seed. So not a top eight national seed anymore, but the nine overall seed hosting East Carolina, NC State, and Air Force in their regional. He's also got Clemson as the 12 overall seed hosting. Tennessee, Troy, and Sam Houston. What a regional that would be. What a regional that would be. The Clemson sucks Tigers. The Clemson sucks Tigers. Madison, there are no fall tour updates as of right now. I will tell you, Madison, currently we are working on putting together the Beamer Ball to the Moon Tour shirts. For the online store, Madison, we will have those on the online store. Um, We'll have those available in black, garnet, and white. Really excited for that. We are working on those as we speak and should have those up by the end of the week. So just stay tuned. Really looking forward to it. And, of course, guys, appreciate all the love and support on the merchandise side of the business. It's absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, let's see, Mears TTSN. 
Howdy, fellow SEC brothers. Gig'em and God bless. How about a Texas A&M fan joined in? Love that. Love that. Uh, He says, y'all beat my Ags. We beat LSU. So technically, y'all beat LSU as well. I don't know if that's exactly how it works, but uh, love you giving us the benefit of the doubt for sure. But uh, no, Madison, we do not have the fall or the summer tour dates. Um, We do not have those dates locked in as of yet. We do not have those updates or those dates locked in. It'll be a summer tour, by the way. It won't really be a fall tour. I wouldn't call July and August in the state of South Carolina fall. So it'll be a summer tour. Um, The plan is to do that second half of July and throughout the month of August uh, at all of the Carolina Alehouse locations. We'll be really looking forward to getting back out on the road. Of course, we'll have the To the Moon Tour shirts for sale. Those will be for sale online as well at that point, but we will have them for sale on hand as well and probably have the Beamer Ball merchandise. I'm going to get some extra inventory, have that on hand at all of the tour events. So looking forward to that, guys. going to be a lot of fun, but in the meantime, uh, of course, Gamecocks baseball, two regular season SEC weekends left. Looking forward to closing this thing out the right way and uh, going to be a lot of fun, man. I, I think the Yardcocks are still in a really, really good position. I think the Yardcocks are still in a really, really good position um, to make a move. End of season. Let's see. Guys, I don't normally do this. I don't normally do this, but... Um, Let's see. No, it's all good. Never mind. We're going to go till 2 o'clock. I was thinking about getting out of here 10 minutes early, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. We've got an hour and 45-minute drive to Brad Lowing's house. Uh, so I'm going to be a bit rushing getting out of here. Thought about maybe closing out 10 minutes early. I don't really want to do that, though. Dave Garrix is hammering the over for wins, looking for three straight. Dave, who do you normally play with? I'm curious. Do you have a book, or do you go with, like, FanDuel, DraftKings? What do you do if you don't want to tell me? That's totally fine. But, uh, yeah, Dave has hit the over and won two years in a row. I mean, I, listen, I think it's a good bet. I, I really think it's a good bet. I think it's a good bet. Um, six and a half. I mean, two years in a row they've doubted the Gamecocks. I mean, dude, there's nothing Shane Beamer loves more than being the underdog. He loves it. Dude, he loves it. He thrives on it. He thrives on it, Right? They thrive on that. So I will not be surprised at all if South Carolina hits that over total. It feels like free money on the Gamecocks. I mean, if, you, if you're going to make a bet, I, I think over is the bet to make. Bottom line. I think over is the bet to make. For sure. Guys, Gamecocks will take on the third-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks this weekend. Third-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks. Dave, got the over on six and a half with the bookie. Okay, got you. Got you, Dave. Makes a lot of sense. Makes sense. Got your own bookie. Love that. Madison, what's your biggest football game this season and why? Yeah, that's a great question, Madison. I, and I would say this, too. I kind of teased it with Mark Rogers, the voice of college football, and you start talking. You know, I, I won't lock in one. We'll do that in July when we talk about our biggest game of the season. But you guys might recall last year when I talked about that Arkansas game 
as the biggest swing game of the season. A lot of people labeled it the biggest game. I labeled it the biggest swing game. Not the most important, but it was the biggest swing game in the sense of if you were going to hit, you know, I felt like eight or more wins, or let's say nine or more wins, right? If you were going to hit nine or more wins, you had to have that Arkansas game. And that proved to be true. That proved to be true. I think we have a tendency to make the most important game one of the first couple because we feel like that's going to set the stage for success throughout the year. Guys, I'm here to tell you this. Just because you beat North Carolina does not guarantee you're going to have a successful season. I think we'd all agree with that because you're going to play a lot of teams on this schedule, a lot of SEC teams that I think we'd argue are better than North Carolina. I think you could argue Mississippi State's better than North Carolina. Truly. So, I mean, there's a lot of teams in the schedule that are going to be better than UNC. So I've been having, you know, I, I, I've been pondering what I'm going to think, you know, what I'm going to say, what I'm going to lock in as my most important quote unquote game of the season. I'm starting to have second thoughts on whether it's actually UNC or not. Like, I, I think there are more important games on this schedule. For principle's sake, I'm not going to say Mizzou again because I said Mizzou last year and it didn't seem to matter. That's a huge game. We all know that. But I just don't know that it's the North Carolina game. Like, that's a very big game. It's a big game for many reasons. I mean, you want to start your season off on the right foot. It's huge for recruiting because both those schools recruit in that Charlotte area and, of course, in the state of North Carolina. But is it the most important game of the season? You know, you could argue that it is, but I don't know that it is. I don't know that that's the no-brainer choice there because I think you could beat UNC and still go 7-5 and five very easily. You could beat UNC and maybe still go 6-6 six and six and not have the season you want. So I don't think beating North Carolina guarantees a great season. But I will say this, I think it's a swing game of sorts. If you're going to win eight or more, God forbid you're going to get the nine or more, you got to beat North Carolina. You have to. So maybe it's not the most important game, but I view that UNC game kind of like the Arkansas game last year where you could argue it's the biggest swing game of this season. Because if you're going to reach those heights and you're going to maximize the talent you have and maximize this season, I just don't see you being able to do that without beating the Tar Heels in week one. So I I, I will say, I, you know, and again, you could argue is it the most important. Maybe it is. May, maybe you could argue it is. I, I, I don't really know, guys. I, I have the freedom to change my mind. I will lock in what I think is my most important game early July, Right. But I just don't know. I don't know if it's as simple as, oh, UNC because it's the first game and we play an ACC team and it's a 50-50 ball game. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know that it's that easy. I don't know if it's that simple. Dave Garrick says North Carolina must be destroyed. Dave Garrick says Spurrier went 6-6 six and six his third year. Seven or more puts Shane ahead. Dave, but I think that, I, I think uh, Beamer's got to win eight or more to have more wins than Will Muschamp. Unfortunately, Dave, we all know this by now, Will Muschamp has the most wins of any South Carolina coach after three seasons, right? He does. One, what did he do? One, one, six in year one, nine in year two, seven in year three. Beamer has won seven in year one, eight in year two, right? So he's at 15. What, Muschamp was at... 22, 22 wins, 22 wins, right? So to get to 23, you got to win eight games. 
Will Shane Beamer do it? I know we all hope so, obviously, because I know all of us hate the fact that Will Muschamp has the most wins over his first three seasons at South Carolina. So, Lynn Turner says, we need to flush Champ out of the record books. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. And I think it's very doable. I mean, I think it's very doable, obviously. But, um, anyways. Um, top 10 college football defensive line unit rankings per Jesse Simonton, a national college ball columnist on three sports. He's got Georgia number one, Michigan two, Illinois at three, Penn State four, Bama five, LSU six, Iowa seven, Florida State eight, Clemson nine, and Ohio State at 10. Mm-mm-mm. Need to get back to that. Need, need to get back to that level of having those top-tier defensive lines. Yep, need to. Absolutely need to. Gamecocks baseball ranked ninth in the collegiate baseball newspaper top 25. So, Gamecocks are still in the top 10. I was a little concerned we'd fall to 10th or or maybe worse. So, Anyways, guys, 843-790-337. Just a couple of minutes left to go again. Thank you all so much for the love, for the support, for tuning in today. Of course, podcast dropped this morning, episode 782. A full breakdown of everything that happened over the weekend, including baseball, gambling lines for football, win totals, way too early spreads, uh, digs, digs visit to South Carolina, the Notre Dame running back transfer, your listener questions, a packed podcast. And, of course, Thursday will be another damn good one as I'm actually hitting the road today to have a one-on-one sit-down conversation with former Gamecocks defensive line coach Brad Lawing. Really excited for that. Looking forward to it. It's always an electric convo with Brad Lawing. I've gotten some great feedback on those conversations with Brad and uh, really excited to chat with him. Of course, he coached Travian Robertson, who is now the Gamecocks defensive line coach. You know, he's got tons of thoughts on what happened last season uh, with South Carolina hitting eight wins in year two with Shane Beamer. So, It'll be really, really great stuff. And, of course, TDC guys rocking all week long, Monday through Friday, noon to 2, a normal schedule. Really excited for that. And also, we got live stream watch-alongs for all three baseball games, Friday night at 7, Saturday night at 7.30, and then Sunday at 3 o'clock as number 6 South Carolina takes on number 3 Arkansas at Baum. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, A huge, huge matchup as the Gamecocks look to bounce back. Um, let's see. Other than that, guys, again, truly thank y'all so much. Thank y'all so much, man, for the love, for the support. Shout out to the Big Cock Club. Love chatting with you guys, hanging out with you guys. We watched a couple of games in the Big Cock Club hangout this weekend. And, I mean, of course, we had a blast as always. And, guys, those that tune in to TDC in the podcast version, 
please be patient today because the second I hit in stream right here, I'm packing up. We're hitting the road so we can get to Brad Lowing's house on time for this conversation. Actually, with that being said, we've hit 2 o'clock. So let's go ahead get out of here, guys. Again, thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Stay tuned to all the content. Y'all have a great rest of your Monday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.